Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Buffalo Bills. Maybe next year, the crunchiest podcast on American radio. Tell we were just talking about our radio jobs in college. Anyway, uh, it's undefeated land of happiness, and I'm not restarting this podcast again. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And Cap- uh, Captain Crunch, Scott. Is that that we're going with for a little little pizza chips for the big nickel? That's what's uh, going on right big, now. <laughs> big nickel don't care. Big nickel don't care. Hey, look, the Bills stumbled out of the gate too, giving up seven points to the hapless Giants before going on a 21 point tear, ultimately winning the game 28 to 14. So, in honor, that's why we stumbled out of the gate on this podcast. But your Buffalo Bills are two and zero, and just to get uh, the the conversation started, gentlemen, I looked it up today. And if the playoffs were today, we would be grumbling about having to travel to one in one Indianapolis uh, to play the division leading South, uh, you know, the AFC South champion Colts um, based on on the on the rules, even though we had even though we had a better record. So I felt like that was kind of fun to mention would be that, you know, we'd be we'd be upset about. You know, there'd be a lot of radio talk about whether this is fair and whether they should change the the rules. Uh, but we're not there yet. The Bills have uh, taken New Jersey uh, whole, wholesale, and now they are going to go home to Cincinnati. But let's start with Paul. Paul, you yeah. have you have the least cold in your voice among <laughs> the three of us. Uh, so could you start us off on your Bills? Uh, Giants thoughts, please. Sure. One, thank you for, for jinxing that, because now inevitably uh, I'm going to wake up with a cold tomorrow, though I did get my flu shot today. So I am uh, inoculated against that. Inoculated? Whatever. Anyway, Bill's yeah. thoughts. So, uh, yeah, Giants, uh, this is, you know, the bad is, as you mentioned, Frank, the, the one really only bad thing I, I can note about this game was the the stumbling star, just like we had on the, the podcast where, you know, they run, Giants run five plays, 75 yards, and are in the end zone. The Bills run three plays and punt. And you're thinking, oh boy, this is not how we wanted to to start. The only other negative I could really find is the Giants' pass rush seemed to get to the, the Bills a little bit more than I expected them to, based on them not being as known as the Jets. And I, as far as their pass rushers go, yet they caused a lot more problems for Allen. But otherwise, yeah, this was... this. I enjoyed this game even more than the opener. The opener was certainly much more exciting, but this was such a, a much more complete game by the team talking about the, the offensive side of the ball. They had good, good balance on the run versus the passes game. We all know how we all love balance as we discussed last week, um, but for the, it <laughs> uh, sounded like the return of Gannon from Zelda too. So uh, yeah, there's a, it was, it was they they did a good job in the pass game. JP, JP, oh my lord! I just wow, Alan JP, <laughs> holy hell! So it well, you know, big arm accuracy issue, sure. Yep. Oh, oh yeah, I don't even know if I'm qualified to continue, but I will. So you have I to. over 200 yards in the first half, slowed down in the second half because the Giants did a good job shutting him down. We came up with a huge third down completion to John Brown in the the fourth quarter to keep that final touchdown drive going. I like this because this was the game that we wanted to see them play put, put up 28 points, uh, which by the way, kudos to Frank for picking the bills 26 to 16 and thus being the closest of us and guessing the, the final score of this game, the, you know, the defense 
gave up 100 plus yards to Saquon Barkley, which I think we probably all expected to happen. But when you faced Barkley and Bell the first two weeks and you survive that, you know that your 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 defense is doing some really good stuff. So I, I thought they pressured Manning well. Uh, my buddy I was watching the game with, he said his friend was saying this is going to be Eli Manning's uh, last game. It turns out his buddy might be right. So we'll we'll find we'll talk about that later. But overall, and then one other guy I want to bring up on on defense, we ragged on him last week. Uh, but the second most important big nickel in our lives, Sir and Neil, uh, he really just his special teams tackling saved seven points uh, to end the half. He was all over the field on special teams. He did not allow maybe allowed one, but I don't remember him allowing much in terms of receptions uh, while being a nickelback, which I know he rotated with Dean Marlowe in the big nickel role. And then Kevin Johnson rotated in as well. Brian Dable's play calling. I kind of leaned into him last week saying, Oh, he didn't have any jet sweeps for McKenzie. He runs them this week and he makes the, he helps emphasize the point, you know, I'd made on Twitter in the preseason. Like this is why a guy like McKenzie makes the roster over Duke Williams. He adds that whole element to a game. And so he just did a, you know, just big fan of Dable's play calling overall on this. So I don't want to take away from too much what you guys are going to say, but overall just really positive impression of, of pretty much all aspects of this game for Buffalo. Scott, go for it. What do you got? I, uh, I mean, I think this is one of the more relaxed times I've actually watched a, a, a bills game in, in recent memory. Like obviously there's a certain amount of relaxation when you're six and nine and not playing for anything, but it's like, or is this far early in the season? Like even, even down, I wasn't, I wasn't terrified that we weren't going to be able to get out of this. I think the overall thing I would say to step into my traditional Debbie Downer role is this was the jets and the giants, probably two teams that are looking at top five picks in the NFL draft next year. So I, 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 I'm glad we won. We won convincingly. We looked better than we did last week. I will say that's just about the most complete performance I've seen Josh Allen put together um, that I've seen, uh, certainly live, but even on some of the tape, the ones that I watched last year, like uh, he was making all the throws. Um, I will also say more so than what I've seen previously, uh, I was very pleased with his decision-making and the accuracy in general has gotten better. Obviously we'll have to see if that holds up for a whole season, if the fundamentals kind of have been reinforced enough to where it sticks there, but I hope it will. Cause it looks good so far. Um, I'll also say the decision-making has been very good. Um, uh, a couple people pointed out that the, the, the 21 14 play third down um, a complete breakdown in the protection, as Paul pointed out um, as after the Giants scored, we needed to be able to respond they did a good job driving down the field, and then it stalls in the third down. Allen's running for his life, and he does not huck the ball back towards the middle of the field in some vain attempt to score a touchdown. He simply throws it out of the back of the end zone. We kick a field goal. The Giants turn into the Giants and do a admittedly kind of BS um, roughing the center kind of long snapper call. Um, and then it gives us the, 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 the touchdown anyway, but the two, the important thing was we would have kicked a field goal. We successfully kicked the field goal and that would have gotten us to a two score game, which is all we needed at that point. And that was the biggest thing that I kind of took away with that. And it was, it happened once or twice too, that he had actually done that and thrown it away. And then there were some other times that you saw the Josh Allen that Frank loves, which is where like it was, 
a throw that really only like a couple guys in the league can make where he is running full speed to his right. He makes the correct read. He picks out the correct guy and then he fires it to whoever it was. I forget if it was McKenzie or if it was Zay Jones or somebody, but a guy who was relatively open and who we didn't have to throw across his body to do. And that was the correct decision. And that's obviously like, and on, on a third down when we needed a conversion. So Allen's play overall better, much more comfortable with the team in general. Um, the, the only concern is the fact that the, the competition level, this is basically, we have done our, for college football fans, we have done our cupcake feast. Um, it's almost done because we got Cincinnati coming, Owen to Cincinnati coming to us next week. And then Less we get of a cupcake, kind of, but yes. And they lost like <laughs> by 30 at home to San Francisco. It's not like, I mean, San Francisco is good this year, but. I don't know. Um, I'm like, college, at least they don't have to pay the Jets and Giants 400000 apiece for the privilege of beating them. This is right. true. And so so if we want to call the Jets, you know, the Jets can be Central Michigan and the Giants are Arkansas State. Maybe Cincinnati is like, I don't know, like um, trying to think of like a like a Mac, like a better Mac team, like Northern Illinois. Like, yeah. If you're sleeping, it might get dangerous, but otherwise you should be able to handle your business. And then obviously the Patriots come next week and that's Alabama. So right. um, we'll, but we'll see to, what happens, but I'd rather like, I'd rather watch this team right now than anything else. You get to, you, you do get to play DeMatha junior high school in the Miami dolphins choice. So that's good. <laughs> that's true. Exactly. Those we, the will, we will, we will get to them. Um, they might be better than a bye week because you get to pick up a game. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, I will say that on the whole, I, I, I was, oh, what am I trying to say? Already I'm confused. Um, the Join the, the club. Right? The things that I liked, I think Scott already hinted at the things I liked and mentioned the things that I liked. I liked seeing Cole Beasley show up a little bit more too, which was which was a, a big deal. He, oh, he, yeah, sorry. he made a couple I've, of very big catches. I've got um, to jump in with the point I forgot because I actually have it on a notepad in front of me. Sorry, Frank. You're fine. Beasley and Brown, 23 catches, 318 yards, one touchdown so far this year. That's a pace of 184 catches for 2,524 yards. Uh, for those two guys to start the, the year total, which would be 1,272 yards and 92 catches a receiver. Please continue, Frank, but I just had to note uh, much better receivers this year. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, one of the things I was a little disappointed on was that um, Allen doesn't get to 300 yards passing. I know that's not the point of the game, but I felt like you, you got over 200 in the first half, and then the, the third quarter really sort of from the – you know, Dable's play calling was was really good. I didn't like how they kneeled with 45 seconds to go, but you're up two scores, and I didn't want to argue, feel like you should argue too much. But the two-minute drill before that was equally stupid. Like, I felt like it was like a draw and then a screen and then a weird third down, and we built— Yeah, they suddenly got weird, didn't they? And then, like, the, yeah. first te- the third quarter, it wasn't any better. And I think that that's the difference between an experienced team— and a newly kind of good team where the Bills are, right? Like, that's the the Patriots step on your neck at that point. And they probably come away, they come away with no less than six, if not ten points. By the time that you get, the, by the time that they got the ball back, right, the Giants got the ball back, the Bills should have scored before the end of the half, or at least tried. And also probably gotten a score on the first drive. And, you know, if you're up another ten points, if you're up, 424 
well, that makes you a great team as opposed to a really good team. But they are a good team. I think they're a good team. I think if you look at some of the team metrics for scoring and rushing and passing and their their offense is up there in 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 different categories, not all of them. They had a much more balanced attack, um, which I, I said on text, it makes me rethink the Jets game. And I know we didn't talk about it too much, but there was a lot of putting in Mar- Patrick DeMarco specifically to exploit the Jets particular defense. That was a lot of the stuff that was happening. And so they would bring him in. It would change the defense on the field for the Jets. And then they would call these pass plays because they weren't prepared. They didn't have their nickel defense on, on the field. And so I wonder if last week's effort, there were more run plays in the initial 19 plays that were ultimately just changed to a pass because, well, the right defense was on the field. And and so, you know, maybe it's a little bit of less of an indictment of the play calling of Dable and a little bit more of, well, we just took what the defense was giving us because they certainly seemed a little more comfortable with the run. Um, still would like to see Devin Singletary get more carries. He's on the field quite a bit. Um, the defense was, I mean, I thought the defense was great uh, other than the first drive, which you almost always want to throw the first drive out anyway, because it's sort of scripted and, you know, that's like the offense's best punch usually. Is, and and is I that... guess the Giants did that last week against the Cowboys too. First drive, march downfield, touchdown. And then I think they got three points the rest of the game. And then they fell apart. Yeah. And, and, and Saquon Barkley gets half of his yards on, on that first drive. Yep. So the rest of the game, he's not really a factor. Um, so it, it is a hundred yards rushing, but it's also broken up into, you know, one large chunk really. And the rest of it, it didn't, it, he didn't really hurt you. So I don't know what, what else to say other than, um, first win oh, over the giants since 20, uh, 2003. So, Hey, 16 year street huge. dies. That's yeah. huge. The other thing I will say is that I was thrilled with the way that they were throwing the ball on second down on long and on third and long. And they were sort of throwing past the sticks more often than not. There were definitely times where I felt like, you know, okay, well, on this second and long in the last 20 years, how many times have they tried to make it third and manageable? Which to me has become like the death mantra. Third and manageable is just like you're timid. And they weren't. They were like, well, let's try and get the first down on second down. And then when that didn't work, they said, well, we still got to try and get the first down on third down. And they did. And it, so I was. Yeah, you nailed I'm, it, Frank, because that 98 yard touchdown drive. I didn't realize. So I read this in the paper the next day. No third downs on that drive. Literally yeah. got it sec first or got a first down on first or second down every time. Everyone. And it's not that third down isn't important and converting, but the you don't have to get to third down. You can. You can you can use first and second down to try and get more than, you know, three or four yards. You can do that. And so that's one of the things I've really liked to, these last two weeks is that they've done that. And he's done it in the way that he wasn't supposed to do. He was not supposed to be the the pick you apart accurate passer, but he has been. Um, and so I'm excited for that. And uh, we will keep our fingers crossed that Devin Singletary is OK to play next week. But before we get to all that, let us go to three stars and talk about who was the best in this game. So we'll talk very briefly about one of our honorable mentions who was, I think, fair to say, a little let down by his teammates on Sunday. He didn't have a perfect game. That's why he's not in the top three stars. But he had a very typical game for his career at this point. And yet somehow he was benched today. 
So I think as a farewell salute, as he rides off into the sunset, he'll always have a special place in many Bills fans' hearts just for two specific games. Yep. Super Bowl 45 and Super Bowl 39, I forget. That sounds right-ish. Yeah, sure. Uh, Eli Manning. Obviously, you know, he threw two interceptions, yes, but much like Josh Allen last week, I'm not sure you would really blame him for either one. The last one was basically an arm punt when they needed to, when they were already down two scores in the fourth quarter. And the first one was a deflection that an unbelievable play by Trent Murphy, uh, who gets another honorable mention to catch the ball in midair off of an Ed Oliver deflection, which just, you know, completely snuffed out that Giants drive that they got the great field position on that Saran Neal saved the touchdown on, who also gets an honorable mention. Yeah, uh, excellent for Manning his, face too on the inter- on the one interception. Just yeah, I mean pure Manning I mean, face. It's a, yeah, you no, know, he, he so much joy to so many fans over the years. Uh, honorable mention to Eli Manning, and uh, may his name never pass my lips again. How about that? <laughs> um, so we'll get into the actual three stars at this point. Third star goes to Saquon Barkley, who had a uh, hundred something yards and some other carries and things. Hold on, let me look at these stats that I have on the phone that we. Hold on, can you still hear me? I can hear you. I can also. Yep. Uh, Scott? He did vanish into a fishbowl, but we can hear him. He is now, in fact, 107, 107, 107 rushing yards and 28 catching yards. Receiving yards, as they're sometimes called. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like catching yards, personally. It's got more of a ring to it. We're going to change First, that on uh, profootballreference.com. Let me go to the box where you can tell me the players and I can read the stats for you. I'll talk, I'll talk to Roger. Okay. We'll, we'll get a chance to catch yards. But, I mean, yeah, as Paul said, like, or Frank said, maybe, like, Saquon with a, a good game, obviously showed the talent, um, did not take over the game, but obviously he was the best player on the Giants on the field that day, and you can kind of see why you can build maybe an entire offense around him to a certain extent. Um, obviously, he can't get it done all by himself, which is, I think, what the Giants' offensive plan is at this point, other mm-hmm. than Daniel Jones being better than Eli Manning, which I'm not sure is a reasonable expectation. Uh, but anyway, so Barkley gets the third star. Second star goes to uh, Harrison Phillips, a member of the Bills defensive line who had a uh, particularly good game with two pass deflections that I remember. A great day yep. for Bills deflecting passes. Uh, Four obviously, of them today. Yep. Yeah, Ed, Ed Oliver had one. Uh, I think uh, Edmonds might have had one. But obviously, like, you know, the, the, the rush was not always consistently getting to Manning that the giants have invested a lot in their offensive line to get, to get to a point where Eli wasn't getting killed, which is his last basically five years of his career. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I mean, uh, Harrison Phillips was a guy who did, I think get a sack as well, or half a sack at least half a sack. Yeah. And again, part of a overall stalwart kind of bills, uh, defensive effort, um, which leaves of course the, the first star for the, the straw that stirs the drink. Is Josh Allen a paper straw or a plastic straw? What do we think? Steel? I think, Carbon? Uh, I, I was going to say he's, he yeah. doesn't seem quite like a, a reusable straw yet, which where which is where we want to get him to. But Yeah, I'd say I think, he's a plastic straw right now. So yeah. he's going to last longer than your paper straw. 
Definitely, I don't think he's environmentally conscious. I'm going to no. put that out there. But I'm from Wyoming, so... I do, yeah. think, I do think he... Well, look, they probably like... They kind of like the environment in Wyoming. I mean, it's a beautiful state. But I think that he is probably a plastic straw, but actually. one of the ones with the with the knots. You know, like the twirly fun straws. Oh, yeah. It, like a plastic... Yeah, so that's like a hard plastic, not a disposable plastic. Yeah, but and it's also like kind of brightly colored and fun because it's enjoyable to watch him. And also potentially not as effective as an actual regular. Right. It's like he's not the most efficient straw, but <laughs> goddamn if you don't if your kid if doesn't suck hard it. enough, it'll get it'll get the job though. Well, no, and like every time you go and your kid sees that, that's the straw they want. It's but all right. Okay, this this yeah. this could go into a we lot. Stretched of the metaphor too terrible. far. Yeah, I've got. I actually brought out my my big straw to in. show you guys. Oh I yeah, here we go. Final straw here. All right. Final Continue straw. with the Bills related pod. All right. No, that's fine. And uh, I don't know. Frank uh, threw for Nin- 250 19, yards. 19 to 30, 253 yards, a touchdown. What was sacked three times, no interceptions. Another seven rushing attempts for 21 yards and a touchdown. Two rushing touchdowns. In two games, that's the tenth of his career. Ten rushing touchdowns. That's got to be more than Jim Kelly. It already, like you think? I would think. I will check Pro Football Reference. We, since you're already our producer and Scott spotter, I can be <laughs> your spotter. That's how we'll. No, I, I, I've got Jim Kelly stats up here. Let's see. Right. Uh, passing completions interceptions oh you got to like find his rushing and receiving here we go seven rushing touchdowns so he he passed he passed him last year with his eight, <laughs> eight rushing touchdowns uh just seven for Jimbo um a thousand a thousand yards rushing in his career though so that's yeah. kind of good um so, also, yeah those are your three stars and Jim right. Kelly stats <laughs> jo- well and Josh Allen gets a first star i mean that's that's yeah. big. That's big. I like it. I don't know if he got first stars last year. I, I know you're kind of stingy with them. I think. I think maybe, maybe the, the finale. Game. Okay. Uh, oh, that's right. The Minnesota game. I forgot that he. That was yeah. his coming out party, if you will. Right. That was when he was like super rough around the edges, like not at all polished, Josh. But Allen. he jumped over that guy. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. when he jumped over the guy and you just. Hurdle Anthony Barr, you get a first star. It's the well, Barr star rule, as we call it. The uh, NFL or the AFC East standings. Look, the the Patriots won, as you expect them to. Shocking, have, yeah. Beating the yeah. Dolphins, no one saw that coming. Uh, the Dolphins are 0 2. The Jets are 0 2. The Patriots, I think, would be the division leader based on some point differential kind of yeah. stuff. I don't know. Yeah, but, I think they they we, they're each one and zero in the division, but the Patriots have two wins against the conference, whereas the Bills only have one. And yeah, the, the the Patriots were 19 point favorites against the Dolphins, and proceeded to more than double that spread. Yeah, they they have a point differential of 73 plus 73, which the only thing more shocking than that is the Dolphins have a point differential differential of negative 92 after two games. They've been That's outscored a hundred, which is more surprising that a team was outscored 100. Two to ten in two games, or that a team outscored other teams seventy-six to three. Oh, I, I, I say it's the Dolphins being outscored. Like they even mentioned, like the Patriots kind of did this in uh, the undefeated regular season in 07 where they dominated. But they meant I when you, when you brought this up, Frank, it reminded me I saw a tweet earlier this week about in the Browns' 0 and 16 season, they 
lost zero games by the amount that the Dolphins have lost their first two. You know, yeah. they, 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 yeah. they, their differential for the season was like negative 162. So they lost by an average of 10, 10 points a game. So the Dolphins are well on their way to being historically bad. One of the Fitzpatricks has already gone. He Minka Fitzpatrick was traded to the Steelers, which to me is weird because after losing two big stars, the Steelers then lost their quarterback and he's like Tommy John gone. So he's not back till well into next year. Like, like there's a good chance he wouldn't start next year anyway, if he even comes back. Um, And I wanted to mention that because that's one more team that is going to be middling if, if not. Although I would, I will, I will be the contrarian here and we can discuss this more on our, our Steelers podcast behind the steel curtain, Uh, you know, but I don't know if I think the Steelers might still be okay with Mason Rudolph. He is a step down from 2019 Ben Roethlisberger, but we all think of Roethlisberger as the, the hall of fame guy. He'll eventually be in the guy who won super bowls. I watched his game against the Patriots and he was, fine. Uh, his numbers would have been even better if his receivers could catch the broad side of a barn, which they could not. Uh, but he looked, he looked like an older quarterback. He looked like he looked better than Eli yesterday, but not particularly that much. So we'll see if uh, the Steelers. I, don't, I, don't, that's I, I think, I think the Steelers could be garbage. Like I, as really? much as like, yeah, that's what I, that's what I, I, I mean, if you want to ask me what's more surprising, I would say the Dolphins losing by 102 games <laughs> just because the, like the, like to a certain extent, like you have to try really hard to do that, even in consecutive weeks. Whereas the Patriots, like the Steelers, could be garbage. And we know the Dolphins are garbage, so the, I could see them getting there on some level. But the yeah, the Steelers, I think, could be garbage this year. And so uh, you know, James Conner is still my fantasy team. I'm not even sure about that anymore. But um, regardless, the other thing I will say is I don't know if you guys saw there was an ESPN call to say call that said next week will be the first time there are two. 20 point plus underdogs on the same yeah. weekend. Oh. And it's the Jets and the Dolphins, the two other teams in the division, other than well, the Bills and the Pats. The Jets are down to like their third quarterback. Nick Falk, because uh, we got Mono and something Simeon, else. Simeon got uh, his ankle destroyed somehow playing the Browns. And so he's done for right. the year. Yeah. So you look at the issue. I'd like to quickly point out, though, that on our, our Steelers podcast, Behind the steel curtain, we don't do three stars. Scott gives us the three rivers on that podcast. Oh uh, yes. So, um, but and the Monongahela for this week goes to Ross Cockrell. <laughs> well done. What are the three star things on their helmet? That's like the steel symbol, but like, are those? Atoms? I used, I used, no, no, I, I, they're symbolic of something, and I read it once and then Heinz forgot ketchup. about it. And all right, why don't you look that up for us? I'll while look it I, up while you guys I coach do you the, <clears throat> Okay. Um, so in a way, like, right, like the bill here, here are the teams now that have wins in the AFC. The Chiefs have two. The Raiders and the Chargers each have one. The Ravens have two. The Browns have one. And then the Colts, Texans, and Jaguars each have one. The Jaguars are 0-2. The Bengals and Steelers are 0-2. The Broncos are 0-2. And obviously the Dolphins and Jets are 0-2. And you look at that, and that's why I was joking at the beginning of the podcast, but, like, the Bills are, like, the clear fifth seed, you know, by a game, uh, by two games before they would drop out and would be traveling to a team that they, they on paper, are better than. Um, So even if we, like, this could be a, I don't want to say a false positive year, but... I'm, tell me if you think I'm wrong, Scott. Like, I think 
even like a halfway decently improved Bills team could really take advantage of some some of the key good teams being down and then the other teams that were sort of in the middling pack, you know, looking like hot. I mean, yeah, shit. I mean, we'll, we'll have to kind of I mean, that's the thing, like very it's rarely is it like it's it's week two. Very rarely is it that, you know, teams fall without other teams rising. I can't right. rule out that the Bills are the team that is rising, that we are the ones who will take advantage. We, the Bills, are the ones right. that will take advantage of the of the of the, the collapse of the Steelers, potentially, or the general implosion of the AFC South or the kind of middlingness uh, of the of the. I mean, I think the Chargers are going to probably pull it together. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe the Raiders have a little bit of uh, what Simmons would call Ewing theory where, you know, good players leave and suddenly the team gets better because there's less distractions and everyone's more on the same page. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yes, but I would say in general, I think the Bills are in position to be the team that takes advantage of it. But again, like we got a long way to go. We haven't had an injury problem yet. We haven't had we're, we're not going to hit really the tough part of the schedule until end of November. So, like, I think we have the easiest schedule in the league for the first, like, nine or ten weeks, and then we have one of the hardest schedules in the league the last five or six. One of those was the Steelers game. That, obviously, is now looking a lot less scary. That might change, be, right. That could be even – they could be even out of, out of the playoffs by then. But we definitely have the Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys. They look terrifying. Uh, you have the, the Ravens game, which looks terrifying. And then you'll have the Pats game again. So it's, it's, you know, that'll be where the, the men and the boys are separated a little bit at the end of the season. Yeah. But hopefully the Bills do what they need to in the next nine or ten weeks to where we're looking at seven and two, eight and one going into that final stretch. And even if we go 500, you know, we, we we're, we're on the we're on the easy street for for at least a wild card. I was going to say you can like the I guess the point is that you could even lump these two Patriots games. You all all four of those games you sounded that sounded scary to you. The, the rest all seem very winnable at the moment. And so, you know, yeah. yeah and like some of those like half the Eagles are injured. Like if you watch that right. Sunday night game, they don't have any receivers left. So they scored 52 points, but they've also given up 51. And those are also thankfully like out of conference games. And so if you're going to lose games, lose those games, you know, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I don't, um, I guess a corollary question and I'll throw it to you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, feel free to, comment on that but also thinking about like the the next two weeks does it matter as like which game are you viewing the the measuring stick here because i'm i'm looking at this Bengals game as the one like i really want to win it because i don't then i feel like i'm playing with house money when i see the patriots right because like the patriots everybody's going to chalk up as a loss and you don't really write your season off or anything if you lose to them but if you lose to the Bengals that kind of does ding you because that's a game I think you want to win do I sound insane or do I sound no, you, you certainly you, there's certainly an argument to be made for both as far as which one I would use as a measuring stick I would still use the Bengals game as a measuring stick right now simply because I feel in, in the past with Patriots games not the Harrison Ford movie but Bill's Patriots football right. matchups the early season game doesn't necessarily tend to be the best barometer of the difference between those two teams and how broad it is I think they there's always that feeling each other 
out game. Of course, the Bills beat them earlier in the season in 2011 and 2016, I believe it was, and they played them close a lot of other years. I think the Bengals are more measuring stick in that this is a game. The first game was a was a grind. They learned from their mistakes and they sneaked out with a win, uh, which was good. And they sneaked out with a win because they did dominate in a lot of ways on the defensive side of the ball. Last week, as Scott mentioned in his recap, a much more comfortable game, but not certainly a totally at ease blowout sort of game, but one where they took a lead, never, you know, after they fell down seven nothing, never, never gave it back, and then they, you know, when they Giants did get within one score, they added some distance, and that was that. This is the game they should they should win running away. They they really, you know, the Bengals had a great attack uh, rushing with Mixon last year. That's fallen off a cliff this year, and they're one of the worst rushing teams in the game. Uh, the Bills, if you, you know, we'll get to this in our preview of the game itself, but they just match up so well against the Bengals. I, I think a dominant performance against the Bengals followed by a 10-point loss to the Patriots, I think would tell me more. Uh, just because it shows that they're doing what they need to do, which is it goes to what you and Scott were talking about, which is beating the teams that you need to beat on this schedule. And even Scott, who before the season had picked the team to go either seven and nine or eight and eight, I have a feeling he was expecting them to win these first three games before things got really difficult. So I think I want to see them be a team that, you know, banks these games early on, wins the games they're supposed to win. And, you know, it kind of, you know, moves forward from there. And I have one final point to make. Uh, the Steelers logo is based on the Steelmark logo belonging to the American Iron and Steel Institute. Sure. The Steelmark was originally created for the United States Steel Corporation to promote the attributes of steel. Yellow lightens your work. Orange brightens your leisure. And blue widens your world. That's garbage. It is. I, I think we're all less less for having heard that i'm so <laughs> glad i researched that for you that's i i, I can hear the gratitude um, <laughs> oh thank you for <laughs> wasting my time yes <laughs> well everyone listening to this podcast i think really at this point if they're not wasting their time i don't know what they're doing right um what i was going to say briefly Blowing off work, from, which i guess is wasting. yeah that must be it um is to me it's you have to it's the Patriots game. you have to measure like the point like to me like again and we've discussed this I think occasionally in the past at some point was the goal is to win the Super Bowl not to get to the playoffs not to win the wild card the goal is to win the Super Bowl I understand like let's all be reasonable about our expectations for this season and there's no reason to expect like I don't want to say like I'm going to be disappointed if we don't beat this if we don't beat the Pats but that is the goal because we're going to have to beat them at some point like I don't think we're going to get it like short until Brady or Belichick retires. We're going to have to take it from them. So I don't think anyone else is going to, I don't see anyone else out there who's better than them right now, at least in the AFC. Um, and so I think they, we have to, we have to beat them at some point. So let's beat them at home and then let's go from there. I'm not saying we're going to, I'm not saying I'm going to be, I'm like not picking us to, but I'm saying, I think the Patriots are not, I think the Patriots are a little overrated based on their performance the little two weeks. And I think the Bills have some have some momentum. They have some good players who can make us competitive in the game. That's good that they have some SM seasonal momentum and not just GM game momentum because you know that's important too. Yes, all the all the <laughs> momentums are important. Well, have- I mean, it depends on which website you go to how they calculate the momentums. Absolutely. But- 
Um, we have four momentums right now, but we really need to get up to seven or eight before we can. Yeah, seven or eight momentums is huge. Um, yeah. I, speaking of momentums, the, the momentums on the interwebs for sending us questions and comments um, on the Facebook and the Twitter, I will. Uh, I, I pulled up the Facebook page. Greg wrote in, he said, I saw a tweet about how the Dolphins are stockpiling a very impressive number of draft picks for 2020 and huge cap space next year. And then he found it. They have three first-round picks in 2020 and two second-round picks in 2020, then two first-round picks in 2021 and two second-round picks in 2021, and nearly $120 million in projected cap, projected cap space for 2020. Um, and so Greg doesn't really have a question. He's just sort of mentioning this to us. Right. Um, the question almost becomes, are they setting themselves up well for the future while they're destroying Well, they're going to – yeah, they're going to try. I mean, right? Like that's yeah. clearly been the point. Um, and I think that it certainly raises a lot of good questions about how we as a or not we how the league and all sports leagues treat losing. And, and they basically, you know, look, they incentivize it. Right. What's the point? None of the players or coaches that are mad about being on the Dolphins right now are going to be a problem next year because they're not going to be on the Dolphins next year. And everybody who makes money or gets drafted has to go to the Dolphins. Right. So they're going to be able to build a team. It's not like, you know, it's it, it's a lot of Sturm and Drog now, but they're going to have a chance to build their team. It doesn't mean they will, but they're going to they're going to give it a try. And if you don't like that, one doesn't like that, then disincentivize losing. I don't know if that means lottery draft picks or some sort of, uh, you know, there's a variety of different people who have written about this topic and how you they would fix tanking. But, you know. What I, say, I think you could you could argue that the tanking has less of an impact in football just because you only does. have seven rounds of a draft and you can only draft so many players to fill those holes. And I think the when, best counter argument is probably the Patriots who have been good for right. billions of years despite always drafting in the 30s. Yeah, and, well, and they've the, had the one piece. Team, like you can when you draft an NBA pick in the in the top ten of the lottery, you're getting potentially a guy who's going to start and be on the floor 90% of the time of the game yes. for the next for the next 10 15 years whereas in the, in the NFL if you get a guy who's on the field for half the time you know maybe in one position of 11 rather than one position of 5 just the 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 tanking doesn't make as much sense from that mathematic perspective it doesn't but also it if you are look i if you could have five first round picks in the next 2 years my guess is you're going to have a uh, more than one good chance to get a quarterback and an impact player and something else. And so does it mean it's going to work? No. Does it mean that they're, they're giving it a try? I think it does. I just, you know, I also think that that means, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't worry about them right now. Like this is, this is a 2023 problem at the earliest, the dolphins, the way that well, they're, this, I mean, I think that, I think the point would be, uh, you know, we'll, we'll find out what method, how they work with the bills and the Browns like right. currently constructed. Cause really the Browns blew everything up and they went full tank. Um, and then the bills kind of did a half reset. Let's keep some guys around, but we're not going to officially put the, the, we knew, we knew last year was going to be rough, but we, you know, it wasn't a full tank job. Um, right. And, and now we'll see how it plays out. The, the Browns clearly benefited by getting a lot of talent and then making a lot of free agent additions. And they got hosed in their first game. They looked better against a crappy Jets team last night, but that doesn't really mean much. So we'll see. 
Uh, Facebook.com forward slash BBillsMNY. Phil also, I won't read it, but he posted a, a funny meme of Josh Allen making a face. It's actually, we didn't bring it up, the face he made at the reporter when the reporter said, so you could have played in New York. And he said, I do play in New York, and uh, which I thought was very quick-witted. And funny, and uh, not bad for a twenty-year-old, really. Hey, he Josh, earned Josh, his high Josh, Wonderlick score. Yeah, Josh. Uh, Josh sold a lot of jerseys that day. He I did. The, yeah. Between between good, a good between mark. a good game and and the clapback on the uh, on the old uh, on the downstaters, yeah, downstaters. Yeah. yeah, take that. Um, Paul, do you have Twitter up or we do? Well, I've got. Okay. I did. I wisely again, like I did last week, have pasted it into a Word document. So if you've if you've asked a question the last uh, hour or no, so, no, it looks so. like Stephen. And, Good. and looks, all right, so I will it. run through uh, Stephen's questions, and we we covered uh, some of these, so I'll address them more. <laughs> Uh, a couple of them more briefly. Obligatory pessimism. Bills have looked good against two atrocious teams. Can't really argue with that. And we'll have a third uh, atrocious team coming up, which I guess goes to uh, Scott and Frank's point that the Patriots game might be the best measuring stick. So we will find out. Um, second, I like how the Bills have responded to adversity the first two weeks, first digging themselves out of a 16-0 hole, then coming back after starting a laughable opening drive at the Giants. Show some mental toughness I think the team maybe didn't have in previous years. And we didn't really talk about that because I think we all are hesitant to go into this the topic of does this feel different than the other years they start 2-0 and and inevitably finish 6-10 and uh, because that's so uh, ambiguous. But I, I think... The way in which the you know it didn't that I think the Bills do have something they didn't have in previous years. And you guys can contradict me on this if you want. Is they are winning games and largely, you know, the way we thought they'd win games. This defense is just as good as advertised. They're taking the training wheels off Josh Allen and letting him develop, and they're getting some good contributions from you know the young running back and the old running back. So um, I don't know if you guys had thoughts on on you know the mental toughness if it's different or if we should just withhold judgment for now. I'd like to I mean, I'd like to withhold judgment just because that's a tough thing to even gauge from the outside. I feel like they're always tough and they're always trying. And sometimes you're more talented than other. And when you're more talented, you can win. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, Stephen says, I like the greater emphasis on the run, though. I think Singletary should be carried. (laughs) Boo. Scott agrees with you. Frank disagrees, Steve. I, no, uh, it was fine. It was look. He passed it thirty times. I I was happy. I was fine with it. I just wish that the third quarter had gone a little smoother, and you know, like thirty-five times would have been fine. I I will note that different games call for different game plans, and so yes. I'm, I'm very much interested in seeing what will happen the next uh, couple weeks and how Dable schemes it. Stephen did mention he didn't like to kneel down at the end of the half. Well, I generally like going for the jugular. In that situation, I was fine with it because the Bills had a terrible penultimate drive in the half that ended with Cody Ford's penalty, which I was totally fine with for roughing the guy who was taunting Josh Allen. Take that 15-yarder every time. Give up a huge punt return, got uh, fortuitous. Well, not fortuitous. He made a great play. Scott mentioned the Trent Murphy interception uh, before. And I think you kind of realize you're playing with house money at that point. You'd been playing with house money. You have a 14-point lead going into halftime. I'm okay with the kneel down. I don't know if you guys want them to be more aggressive or not. Um, no, I want. I still want to be more aggressive. I feel like you, you had timeouts in 45 seconds, and you all, like you don't walk into the locker room hat in hand happy for what you have. I think you throw it, and you try and get down the field, and if you turn it over again, well, you – you're, 
your defense has to step up again and you just do your best not to turn, you know, you can't be afraid of the turnover. You have mm-hmm. to be constantly trying to score. And so I feel like I would have wanted them to, to, to try it again. Um, there, there was a, you know, a couple of options. You could have done some like, um, intermediate passing or, or some runs really. They had timeouts. They could have done some running plays, seen how far they got down the field. And, you know, if you throw a bomb with like 15 seconds left and it's picked off or something like that, well, they're, the Giants are on the other end of the field. They're the ones who are going to kneel down, you know, so make them kneel. That's what I I'm, I want to do, right? Like I in, in that position. Um, the only time I want to kneel is at the end of the game when you're winning, which, you know, is fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll answer Stephen's last question next, just because I think the his penultimate question is the one that's, you know, the most engaging. Uh, did you see a clear replay or hear any explanation of Manning's fumble? It sure looked like the Bills came up with it. And if you guys might remember in the fourth quarter, there was a play where Manning fumbled and then you literally see a Bill running down the field with the ball. I think the ruling must have been the Giants player must have fallen it on initially, been touched down by the Bills, and then in the ruckus that they they stripped the ball away from him and ran away with it. But it was it had been the Giant player had already clearly recovered and was down by contact. We didn't hear much about it, and I don't think we did simply because the Bills then proceeded to put the game away, so it didn't really matter. Um, yeah, I didn't hear anything about it. I just I think I just rolled with it. So. And then the last question, which I'll leave for you guys, uh, and, and you know we've discussed it a little bit, but it's an optimism pessimism question. It's only two weeks in, but a lot has happened in those two weeks. Are you any more optimistic about the Bills' playoff chances than when the season began? Now, obviously, Scott had mentioned you mentioned too, Frank, the injuries to other teams having an impact on the playoff chances. But I can like strike back and note, well, the Bills might just have not had their injuries yet, and maybe their injuries will play a role in that. So looking at the whole scope and how the team's played over the two weeks, any thoughts on on whether you see them getting an extra win or two than what you guys predicted? Um, Scott, if you want to go first, sure. you can. Yeah. Yes, I, I think it's tough because I, I will say that Allen, based off of the New York Giants game looks like a better quarterback than uh you still hear me? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. you. Okay, sorry. Um looks like a better quarterback than I was expecting him to be this year. But that is still a very small sample size, and I can't quite get to the point where I'm like, he's the guy now. Like I'm not like sold, like Josh Allen's the guy. I'm not quite there yet. I think he looked better for one game. Um, I think he looked okay last week, but he also made some not super good decisions last week that kind of made me remind me of last year. So I think that's the biggest thing. I think the defense looks as good as it was last year um, and that the run game might be a little more competent with Singletary and Gore versus McCoy, but I don't think it's to the point where that's going to win us. Maybe that gets us one more game. I'm still not sure that we're, I think so much of it still comes down to Allen. And I think the verdict is still out on him for me. I think that as a, like a factual matter, you literally have to accept optimism in this position. They are in a better position to make the playoffs than they were two weeks ago. They've won two games. They've won an in-conference game. By all accounts, the conference has gotten weaker. They they're in a better position to make the playoffs. They're not they're not in a worse position. 
And so, ergo, one must be more optimistic of their ability to make the playoffs. I, I don't know. I, I like. I can understand that we can all find reasons why that they wouldn't, but that doesn't change. Like then, you know, like if you're asking a question, that's that's are they in the better position? Then yes, optimism and pessimism is generally a personal reflection of reality. And so, you know, I I. I in this instance, choose to just sort of stick with the more objective idea. Um, you know, they haven't had an injury yet. Paul's right. They could, but you know, a, a meteor could also hit Gillette stadium. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, like a lot of things could happen. Um, so Optimism for me, and pessimism are personal reflections of reality. Yes. Yeah. That was, to, to be fair, Frank was smoking a joint at accurate. that exact moment. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Elon Musk. Right. No, right. So I'm not going to yuck on Scott's yum. But I'm 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 just gonna say that like, you know, like that's what Scott wants. You're but like if you like on my yuck is what you're doing. I, I suppose I am right. Uh, but I'm just sort of saying like if, if we're looking at what's going on, well, like they are in a better place. Like right, they 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 could have been in a different place. They're in better than all the other places they could have been. So this is the best of almost all possible world. Like it's in the top 20% of best of all possible worlds for the Bills making the playoffs. So I don't know. I don't know how to be pessimistic about it at this point. No, you you even sound like a grief counselor at some points in there. So you were ready to, yeah, <laughs> open it up with raising people's spirits. It's a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so is that it for our, our listener? Yeah, that's it for our listener questions. Thanks to uh, Ryan also for interacting with me a lot during the uh, game. And thanks to Stephen for the, the, the questions. Always, always a pleasure. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to make pressure, but there's 11 minutes left before an hour, and we can do this day in Bills history, and then talk yeah. about the six-point plus favorite Bills at home against the Bengals. Uh, the first of, I think it was five out of seven next seven weeks are home games. You have five home games, a road yep. game, and a yeah. bye. Yeah, five of the next six games and five of the next seven weeks home games. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's a bye, an at Titans game, and then five home games. Yeah. So we can get to that, but we should talk about some historical Bill headli- Bill's headlines or historic. We should. Either either one works. So, uh, and because we're talking about optimism and pessimism, in addition to the quiz question for 2018, I will share five other headlines from 2018 that will make you realize there's reason for optimism when you compare it to last year's headlines at this time. So, here we go. Here's a 2018 trivia question: Bill's Marcus Murphy on Blank's scary head injury. That was crazy. Uh, Blank recovered the ball in the end zone and managed to squirm away from one tackle in the process, escaping the defenders. He lost his helmet right for contact, and Chargers linebacker Ukana Nuosa flew in and hit him in the head with his own helmet, leaving the Bills running back lying on the ground for what seemed like an eternity. You guys remember this play? I remember watching highlights of it when I was overseas, since I was out of not the on the not on the team anymore. Right, not on the team anymore. It was a special teams captain at the beginning of last year. Yeah, and he just it looked recovered. A, he recovered his own fumble, went back in the end zone, and then got drilled in the head after his helmet hit, uh, popped off. Do you know? Do you got it, Scott? Uh, negative. Oh man! Negative. After sure. a perfect week. All right. Uh, the quick hint: it's an Asian country, and the name, the last name of a current Bills receiver. China Phillips. Oh, he's not a receiver. Uh, I was I was hoping someone would go Myanmar Foster. Yeah. <laughs> but, India but no. Beasley. Yes. 
Uh, last name Jones. Taiwan Jones. Taiwan Jones. There we go. It's not a well, it's, I was going to say, like, it's debatable there, Paul. Come on. It's officially part of the Republic of China in a state of East Asia. You know, yeah, that's, we have, uh, we have literally, you just, you just got us banned in China. You just got us banned in China now. Well, there, there was our huge China listenership that we, we hear about. Look, you only have to have, like, one one-thousandth of a percent to get, like, a million <laughs> people in China. So, Fair anyway. point. Here are the other 2018 headlines. Teammates appalled as Vontae Davis quits Buffalo Bills at halftime of loss to Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, with loss to Chargers, Bills are on track to be worst team in the NFL. Yep. Bills defense, a smoldering tire fire of incompetence and melodrama. Yes. A big growth process. Bills linebacker Edmonds reacts after a tough outing. And mm-hmm. lastly, McDermott takes over play calling duties for Bills defense. Oof. So we're, I, I'm happy it's 2019. That's all I'm going to say. All right. We're going to go back to 2016 now. Get on your... Offensive coordinator hats. Bills fire blank. Promote Anthony Lynn to offensive coordinator. Now we know it's not Rick Dennison because he was last week. Greg Roman. Greg Roman. Frank was right on that one. No messing around. All right, 2015. Blank. That was hold on. That was super annoying because like, didn't he have like one job and like he just like wouldn't throw it to. Like Steve or not Stevie, uh, Sammy Watkins. I forget why, but we left that second week. Like, how the fuck are you not doing this anyway? Right, I remember that second week was the game. It was a Thursday night one against, against the Jets. The, the Jets, yeah, where uh, the offense actually put up a lot of numbers, but the defense gave up a lot of points. So I remember too there was criticism of why are you firing the offensive guy when the offense right. scored 35 points right. or whatever. That's but, what it was. Yeah, the offense scored the points, but Ryan's defense was the one that was falling apart. Right. Right. All right, 2015, blank excited to be back with Bills and for long term. So this player was coming off his suspension, and here's what he said: It always feels good to be wanted, uh, to know the Buffalo, to know that the Buffalo Bills they committed to me, like I've committed to them. We are doing what we promised, what we want to do with each other. I want to be a Buffalo Bill, and they are making sure that I'm going to be here. I'm just so excited and happy to be here. Just so excited to be with these guys. Last week just really took a lot out of me not being here. Just really excited to be back. So uh, if you get anything out of that, this guy's excited to be back. He obviously just signed a contract mm-hmm. extension. That he was here for the long term. And the hint is uh, he was so excited to be back, he lasted almost two more years with the team after signing his long-term extension. What year was this again? 2015. I want to say that this is Richie Incognito then. No, no, good guess. And you would have, he, he was with the team through 2017, though. This player did not quite make it to the end of 2017 with the Bills. Okay. He is currently still in the league. He was traded away. The Bills' only all pro player of the last 18 seasons. First team all pro, that is. Wow, I am drawing such a blank. Well, let's see. Sammy Watkins was traded, but he all wasn't right. suspended. Yep. Um, I want to, uh, I, if I make one comment and Scott remembers an early episode he did, he's sure to get it. Oh, comrade Marcel Darius. Comrade Marcellus and his running dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yep, Marcel Darius. All right, we're going to go to uh, 2013 now. Blank showing us something special. Is blank the much-needed QB answer in Buffalo? I think Scott? we've lost Scott. 
20, uh, 2013, yes. Uh, was it manual? DJ, yep. This was the week after his thrilling throw to Stevie at the end of the game to beat Carolina in week two. Mm. Hence the optimistic headlines for that week. Well, there you go. All right, this will be this will be a tougher one, but I think there's there's a chance. Okay. So 2011, Hugh Jackson says Blank will have to earn playing time. That's an Oakland Tribune headline, and a co-headline with that was Jackson says why Raiders wide receiver Blank was inactive the week prior. So here's the context and why this this is about a, a Raiders wide receiver. So this player who'd been scratched the week before. He would play against Buffalo the next day. He caught five passes for 61 yards in the Raiders' 38-35 loss to Buffalo. Um, this was the huge comeback win that we didn't watch because we were all at Nationals Park for Frank's uh, thank you groomsmen celebration. Sorry. Uh, no, that was fun. That was, I remember like following along on your phone from the Diamond Club. That's uh, right. We, you and I were left. as yep. interested in that game, right? Yep. Um, but anyway, I was by Oakland that year after playing six games. Then he was picked up by Buffalo. He played in four games for the Bills. He started one. He had 13 catches for 138 yards and a touchdown. Then he spent the next training camp with the Bills, was cut, and went back to the Raiders in 2012 and played 14 games with them. Um, so you're going to have to only four games with the Bills. But I remember this guy. I don't know if you'll remember him as well. I'm not. And certainly not Darius Hayward Bay. Nope. Frank and Eris Scott, any thoughts? No, I don't think I have any thoughts other than I don't know the answer. All right. Derek right. Hagan. Yeah, no, I wasn't going to get that. All right. Now we're getting a little easier here. Blank downplays trade rumors. James Starks remains sidelined for Packers. So this player who's about to be uh is downplaying trade rumors says if it's going to happen it's going to happen i mean what will i be able to do about it? If they say you've got to go what am i going to do tell them no if they say i'm going to stay i'm here if they say i'm not going anywhere then come on let's continue to build this thing and let's get better so he was traded after the packers game <laughs> that's what happened here 2010 2010 buried Claudia in Oh, uh, close. So he's, this guy's buried at number three on the depth chart at this point, even though he went on to have by far the best career of the two guys in front of him. I don't know. It's he always liked... dangerous. It's always dangerous when you say buried on these segments, too, because it could have been you might have said this guy's buried in such and such cemetery because surprise, <laughs> right. he's no, dead. I still, I still have not been able to whip out uh, this death in Bill's history. I've, I've checked. We have not had a match yet on any of our podcast dates, but it's it's there. Uh, OK, the, he'd like to hit people with his car. Oh, Marshawn. Marshawn, yep. Marshawn, yeah. I forgot that he said all that. 2009. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. One of our many mercurial running backs who's been traded through the years. <laughs> yes. All right. 2009. Okay. Teens admit vandalizing Blank's front lawn. Oh, this was um, kickoff return against New England. What was his oh, yeah. name? The defensive back. McKelvin. McKelvin. Hey, Otis McKelvin. Yeah. McKelvin. Very good. Uh, the Lieutenant Trask said he believes the youths are sorry for what they did. Uh, Leotis did decide not to press charges. All right. 2006, you can guess one of two here, and you will be right. So you have blank and blank back for business. 
It says, these are two former Bills. Neither player wanted to leave Buffalo, but the Bills wouldn't meet their asking price. The Vikings were more than willing. In 2004, they outbid the New York Jets by signing Blank to a six-year, $35 million contract. And a year later, Minnesota lured Blank away from several other teams with a three-year, $13 million contract. Pat Williams, Antoine Winfield. Oh, Scott doesn't even need one. He just rushed it. Both. I didn't even have to get Rushed to my, it. they would both make three Pro Bowls for the Vikings hint. You, uh, Scott, was right there. All right. 2003, <laughs> Dolphins Brock Marion claims blank spit on Patrick Sertan. Brock Marion says, you know what the guy did? I'm not going to cheap shot him because of it. I'm going to play football straight up. The fact of the matter is what he did. You can't respect anybody like that. So there's not really a great hint I can give here other than if you remember what positions Brock Marion and Patrick Sertan played that should help you in narrowing down the list of possible bills. I feel like it was an offensive lineman who did this. Well, Sertan was a corner. Right. Sertan was a corner. Marion was a safety. So then it's definitely an offensive lineman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm worried the answer. I want to say Eric Moles. Oh, Scott, you're right. I don't remember this at all. Who doesn't sound like a guy who would do that, but I yeah. feel like I, you know, whatever. They're football yeah. players. Maybe, maybe he just had like, you know, it was an accident. Good you know? And yeah, again, it's all like accusatory. And obviously this wasn't a habit in Mold's career because I don't remember hearing about anything like this. So, yeah. yeah. All right. 2002. Keeping it with the wide receivers. <laughs> Bill's wide receiver blank, a candidate for Pepsi NFL Rookie of the Week honors. Buffalo's blank scored his first career touchdown, recorded his first 100-yard receiving day in the Bills' 45-39 overtime win at Minnesota, finishing with eight catches for 110 yards, the most by a Bills rookie since Chris Burkett on December 8th, 1985. Uh, 2002. Yep. Careless Price? Nope, but he was, uh, let's see, was he? No, he wasn't quite a rookie then. Was Josh just, Reed. Josh Reed, there you go. All right, we're going to keep it on the uh, the wide receivers here to go back to 1999. So this is a headline from 20 years ago today. Blank to Bills, nothing personal. Said, what do I have to be bitter about? This is my 12th year in the league. I've had some really great years. I'm going to go out there and compete. No bad feelings. Molds is a good friend of mine. We worked out together. I'm happy for him. He's young. And he's only going to get better. So this was a former Bills receiver. Played with the Bills from 96 to 98. He would latch on with the Jets for this one last season in 1999. Uh, From 96 to 98, he caught 129 passes for 1,868 yards and 10 touchdowns for the Bills. 96 to 98. So this is the Todd Collins. This is the narrow time Andre Reid because he was there much longer. Much longer, yeah. Um, I'll give a hint that he, for a time... Had the longest Hold touchdown on. catch in Bills history. Not, uh, oh, what? Uh, James Bucky Garfield. Brooks. No, not Bucky Brooks, but not a bad guy. He was drafted by the Bills as a receiver, though. I think he went to Kansas City and then became a defensive back before he went All to right. NFL.com. I'm trying um, to think, yeah. Let's see. So, yeah, it was a 95-yard touchdown catch from Todd Collins against the Colts in 96. His first year with the team was the one that was eventually broken by T.O. on that catch, on that uh, right, from Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, uh, this is too easy a hint. I can't give that one. Let's see, played for San Diego before. Patrick uh, Buchanan. Are you just naming? Yeah. A. Arthur. Now we're going to presidents. Uh, Bradley Whitford. Um, Josh right, Lyman. Oh, sorry. Josh, right, uh, yeah. 
All uh, right. If you're not late, you're. Oh, Quinn Early. Yes, I would have been hilarious. Right. The answer was. I thought like, he played for New Orleans. Did you say he played for New Orleans? I think he. Played. I said San Diego, but he also did play for New Orleans. You're right. In fact, he came to the Bills from New Orleans. I think his career trajectory was San Diego, which I remember him from because that's who he played for in Tecmo Super Bowl, followed right. by New Orleans, followed by Buffalo, and then one year with the Jets. Okay. All right, last one, gentlemen. 1996. This headline's kind of a diss. Uh, so it says. Bills Kelly shows off Super Bowl attributes, meaning he didn't play very well. The Pittsburgh Steelers looked like a team intent on returning to the Super Bowl. Jim Kelly apparently thought he was playing in one. Pittsburgh turned all three of Kelly's second quarter interceptions into scores, including Carnelic's 47-yard TD on the final play of the first half, and the Steelers beat the Bills 24-6. So the question is going to be this person who's quoted here. When you make a great quarterback like Jim Kelly hesitate to throw the ball to you, you've done a great job. The Steelers defensive coordinator blank said they tried everything. But when a defense is playing like ours is, it looks like you're setting on your setting on everything you're doing. So mm. the hints on the defensive coordinator, who is defensive coordinator for Dick the bank. Oh, no hints necessary for Scott. Jumped in with Dick LeBeau and jumps in correctly. That's like, a, that's like, that's like a Jeopardy answer. It's like, who is a defensive coordinator that would be <laughs> remotely like potentially be an answer to this question who was around in the eighties or nineties Yeah, would, you know, like has ties only, to the bills. Right. I had his whole career listed out here as you're in Oh three as an assistant bills head coach for the bills where he wasn't on defense and he's back ties in the bills. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And then he ended up back with the Steelers for 11 years until 2014 and then the Titans. But yeah, nice job, Scott. And nice, nice job, Jenner guys. It wasn't a clean sweep this week, like last week, but except for some, some stumbles on Taiwan Jones and Derek Hagan, which is to be expected. Uh, excellent job this week. Yeah, well, you know, we're good. we're a little tired. We got some ice bath time uh, for later to kind of, you know, put the swelling down from the the hurting that the the Stanbills history caused. <laughs> uh, we are slightly over the hour mark, so I will ask you about Bills Bengals. Um, here's your interesting factoid: they have a total of 59 yards rushing. Uh, that's not a one-game total. That's not a one-running-back total. That is their total rushing yards for two games. Mind you, carries. wasn't Joe Mixon like fifth in the NFL last year in rushing yards or something? Yeah, 17 for 27, and Giovanni Bernard, 13 for 27. One of those carries is for 11 yards, so 32 for 48. Um, they're averaging just 1.8 yards per attempt. Uh, they Now, look, they have 729 passing yards. Four touchdowns and just one interception for Andy Dalton, but thrown from behind and Here's probably a having right to here. The run. Yeah. Offensive tackle, Cordy Glenn. Guard, John Miller. Oh, boy. Well, I not see good. why they're not running anywhere. Yeah, Glenn is out. AJ Green was out. He might not play. Um, Joe Mixon and was lit. Okay, this is last week's injury report. Uh, Tyler Eifert did not practice, but he played. But. <laughs> Certainly some injuries and some things uh, not great for the Bengals. It's up in the air who will be available for them this week. But Bill's home opener looking to go 3-0 and before the Patriots come to town. They are a, essentially a touchdown favorite last I saw. Not quite. Um, and is there any reason to, to think that they won't succeed here? The Bills have... Uh, okay, so... Certainly, I would say Andy Dalton is a step up from current Sam Darnold and current Eli Manning. Not a ton. They certainly haven't shown much run. I think the Bills will. You know what? I think for the third week, you might see the same game plan. 
we're going to pass the ball. We're going to rely on our defense to get us out of tight spots if things happen wrong because we largely believe we are superior. And I don't know. I'll, I never go first on these things, but I think the Bills are going to be 3-0. and They're going to beat the Bengals. I think it's going to be another two-point score. I think it's going to be another 10- or 12-point win. So I'll say the Bills – I say – I want to say Josh Allen gets 300 yards passing. Um, I say I want to say that the Bills win. Uh, I think they're going to get to 30, 30 points. To we'll give the we'll give the Bengals uh, 17. We'll say that there's some, you know, turnovers and they do get some scores, but I think 30 to 17 for me. Scott, I will go next because Frank called my name. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think the Bills will also win. I mean. It is obviously like I get concerned picking the Bills to go three and zero just based off of like there's like a also spidey sense. Yeah, yeah, there's <laughs> a spidey sense that's just like tingling. It's like this isn't a thing that should be. This doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Um, Peter Ting. Well, you might not have seen that one. The newest one they call it the Peter Tingle, and it's oh right, it's, yeah, it's very the, funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the so yeah, so I, I I get a little concerned just based off of suspicion and nothing else. So that's why I'm still going to pick the Bills to win. Um, I could, yeah. I mean that's the thing. I mean there's a lot of things that could go wrong. You know the Bills are not so good that I could see them like lacking focus and then still winning to a certain extent. Like it can get away from them. I could see them being a little emotional, but at the same time, I don't think. That if there is any of that, it'll it'll get in the way of of getting business done. Um, you know, again, you could also see it. Maybe they start looking ahead to the Pats game. Maybe, um, you know, the Bengals don't have no talent. Dalton's obviously better as is is better as Frank pointed out. I still think I'll pick the Bills to win. I'll say, uh, yeah, I'll put it at. I mean, it's whatever, twenty-seven, twenty. All right, my score kind of falls between, well, not between your guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also afraid of Scott's logic here too. Like, eh, they're not so good that they can't let this one get away. But I also logic, just based in pure logic, would have to pick them to win here. So what I'm going to do to take the coward's way out is give the Bills a very slim victory. Say this one's going to be a tight one. I have the Bills winning. 27 to, to 24 an up and down game they fall into some traps but in the end they they emerge victorious b bills mny everywhere my friends uh forward slash facebook b bills mny uh b bills mny on the twitter b bills mny at gmail.com uh search buffalo bills podcast or buffalo bills maybe next year give it to a friend tell them to listen uh send us your questions you're you know i should probably check the email i look don't email bbills at, gm, uh, at gmail.com. I never check it. I don't care. Get a hold of us on the Twitter and the Facebook, and uh, we will get to your thoughts and questions. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Until next week, where we will be uh, previewing Rivalry Week, Bills Patriots. Uh, we're hopefully going into that one 3 0. Thanks for listening. My name is uh, Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone.